The five greatest underdog seasons in Minnesota sports history coming up on today's Minnesota Sports Rankum. This is Minnesota Sports Rankum, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. It's the show that settles debates and starts new ones. It's Minnesota Sports Rankum on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm Sam Ekstrom, part of the family here at Locked On Sports Minnesota with the Minnesota Football Party, the Ron Johnson Show. And that's Luke Inman. He writes the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter. He appears on the Minnesota Football Party. He's at Luke underscore Spinman. Another week, another ranking, the top five underdog seasons in Minnesota sports history, inspired by, hey, South Florida is cooking right now. The the eight-seed Miami Heat, the eight-seed Florida Panthers, both in the final in their respective sports. Let's look back at some other Minnesota teams that had similar runs in Cinderella fashion. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Uh, Before we get started, comment below. What do you think are the best underdog seasons in Minnesota sports history? See if we align with you in our thinking. Also, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available there. Luke, uh, I ask you every week, what do you think of the difficulty of this list? Easy, medium, or hard? Yeah, you know, every week, Sam, I look forward to Wednesday afternoon. I get your email. What are we going to do for the Rankum tomorrow? And a lot of times, you know, right away, I can think of, oh, three, four, maybe even sometimes five right off the top of my head. This one, I had a little bit of a tough time. I had to do some digging. But once I started doing some digging, man, there's some good, fun teams through this Minnesota history that uh, I can't wait to dive into today with you. Fantastic. Uh, I always give you the honors. Uh, If you uh, have your number five, get right into it. Who's on your list? Let me throw a quick honorable mention out here. And maybe I'm pushing the envelope just a little bit. I know maybe cheating a little bit, but I just want to give a little shout out because people may forget that 1980 men's U.S. Olympic team, Sam, it had nine Minnesota Golden Gophers on the team. And obviously Herb Brooks, head coach, born in St. Paul, foundational piece of Minnesota sports history, Obviously, we know the story. Won't spend a lot of time on it. Miracle on ice, greatest upset arguably ever in sports history. Mm -hmm. So many variables going on, implications on the line. Cold War at its peak. The game had, I mean, worldwide political implications that changed the direction of a war. Uh, Not many sports games in history can say they had that type of impact or effect. Mm -hmm. But between Brooks coaching, nine golden golfers on the roster. Kind of forgot about that. Quick shout out to that team and what they did in the Olympics in 1980 with the Miracle on Ice. All right, number five on my list, 1996-97 men's gopher basketball team. And I know they got an Mm -hmm. asterisk by them that season with the academic scandal and all that. But let's just forget about that for a second. The Gophers at that point really hadn't done much for years up until that point, Sam. The Big Ten always dominated by teams like Indiana, Wisconsin, Ohio State, et cetera, at that time. They were always middle of the pack at best. In fact, you go all the way back to 1981, that season, Gophers never finished higher than fourth in the Big Ten. So you got 15 years here. It was a lot of eighth place Ninth place, ninth place, fifth place, fourth place, et cetera, et cetera. That's just in the Big Ten alone. So all of a sudden, 96 comes around. They go 27 and three, finish first in the Big Ten, thanks to 
Five soon-to-be NBA players, including the great Bobby Jackson and Sam Jacobson. They crush the Big Ten. They get the number one seed. Absolute ESPN classic thriller in the Sweet 16 versus Clemson. That goes to double overtime. They win that one, make it to the Final Four, end up losing there, but a magical Cinderella run. And still to this day, the best team the Gophers basketball program has had in 27 years since. So eight victories, by the way, decided by one possession or overtime that year. So quite the dramatic Cinderella run for that men's Gophers basketball program. Yeah, funny. These these websites are telling me that season didn't exist, but I seem to I seem to remember it. It okay, happened. Jog my memory. It happened. It did happen. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And I labored over that one. I thought I, I did consider it. I went with the 2002 Twins as my number five. There's a couple different types of underdog stories, Luke, and our our number fives are. Teams that weren't traditionally very competitive in recent years suddenly putting together a really good season. And this was the 2002 Twins. Remember, 93 through 2000 after the World Series, lean years, under 500 every single year, often in last place, sparse crowds at the Metrodome, contraction, breathing down their neck. And then the 2001 team with Ron Gardenhire, you know, comes around they were over 500. They kind of laid the groundwork. And then 2002, 94 wins, AL Central Championship, first postseason appearance in 11 years for the Minnesota Twins, led by Doug Minkavich, mm. uh, Corey Kosky, Tory Hunter. And not only was that team kind of unexpectedly good that year, but the playoff series win, which remains, Luke, the last playoff series the Twins won. 2002, beating the Moneyball A's in five games on the road as underdogs, heavy underdogs, by the way. Those A's were insane with their rotation and lineup, uh, and the Twins knock them off by one run despite a, sc- uh, a scare from everyday Eddie Gordado in the ninth inning. They win game five, and uh, and they were off. They were kind of the team of the 2000s. They won five division championships, in, uh, in an eight-year stretch with Guardy. So that 2002 team was pretty special, kind of came out of nowhere and uh, did it with a lot of lovable, likable, scrappy players. So that's my number five. The, the birth of the piranhas, right? Nick Punto, Alexi Casilla, guys like that. A lot of fun. Good call out there at number five. 98 Vikings, number four on my list. And honestly, let me take a step back. You could almost in a weird way, doing a little research, remember this, the 97 season, because they were fourth in the division in 97, but they still ended up making the playoffs, even at nine and seven, fourth in the division. Not what you want, nine and seven, but they sneak into the playoffs. They still won versus the Giants in the wild card round. So that was cool. But you go into the offseason thinking, okay, we're not bad per se, but in this division, with Barry Sanders and the Lions, and then you got a young Brett Favre in his prime, fresh off a of Super Bowl versus the Patriots just two seasons prior, and then the Bears weren't bad either. So this division was just so stacked. So heading into that 98 season, a lot of experts had them projected third in the division at best. Their over-under win total was only eight and a half. They were 20 to one to win the Super Bowl. Brad Johnson gets hurt very quick. People are thinking, oh my God, season's already over. It's only week three. But then you got the whole Randall Cunningham coming back, kind of reviving his career. He goes off. You got a rookie, Randy Moss, which 
Not much needs to be said about his rookie year. And even though it became pretty apparent early on there was something special brewing, you know, they kept putting up 30, 40 points game after game after game. Heading into that year, no one really saw that type of season. And the things that that team would go on to accomplish and the records they would break coming. So not at that time anyways with the star power in that division. And obviously – I mean, it didn't end the way we wanted. And we've seen four Vikings teams make it further to the Super Bowl. But this was one of the biggest Cinderella seasons in Minnesota sports history for the Vikings anyways, no doubt, when given their preseason expectations. And again, just an absolutely stacked and loaded NFC Central. Yeah, and if you're thinking about underdog players, Randall Cunningham, one of the great underdog stories from Mm -hmm. a player standpoint that we've seen around here. All right, my number four. The 2002-2003 Minnesota Wild. So just on the heels of the Minnesota Twins underdog story, along comes the lovable Wild, the expansion team who in 2000, their inaugural year, 68 points in the standings. 25-39, was their record. Next year, not much better. 73 points, finished fifth in the Northwest Division. Missed the playoffs by a long shot. They were the expansion teams were more of a slow build back then. I feel like, regardless of sport, you were gonna suffer if you were an expansion team. Nowadays, expansion teams are are crushing it. Seattle, Vegas, uh, not not in this era. So the Wild were still kind of on that building path. And then in two thousand two, two thousand three, ninety five points, third in the Northwest in a playoff berth, round one. They take down the Avs in seven games. They come back from 3-1 down. What do they do in Series 2? They take down the Canucks in seven games, coming back from 3-1 down. Uh, They did not have home ice in either of those series, and they advanced to the Western Conference Finals in their third year of existence. Preseason Stanley Cup odds plus 10,000, led by Marion Gabrick, Pascal Dupuis, Cliff Ronning, Andrew Burnett. Richard Park had that big overtime winner in game six. You might remember uh, the Minnesota wild of 2003, who were eventually ousted in the Western conference finals swept in fact by the mighty ducks of Anaheim. But that is still the farthest that the Minnesota wild have gotten in franchise history. So man, that was a good time. Luke, we didn't realize how spoiled we were. The twins last uh, series win the wilds last trip to the conference finals. It was all happening there at the turn of the century. Yeah. And just being the wild, we're so new there, Sam too. Everybody just kind of set the bar so high and was like, Oh, we're just good. This is how it's always going to be. Obviously <laughs> not the case. Crazy stat. You pulled out 10,000 to one. So a hundred to one, Put one buck on it, win 100. That's absolutely insane. Obviously, they didn't go on to cash that bet, but still the fact that they were such bad odds at the beginning of the season speaks volumes. What a magical run they had. Number three on my list, 1991 North Stars. This may be the best Cinderella playoff team in maybe all of Minnesota sports in the history of the state. They enter the playoffs as the seventh seed with a, check this out, Sam, 27 39 and 14 record like they weren't even good like nope. <laughs> like at all I mean they limp into the playoffs they stunned the Blackhawks after being down two games to one by the way they win three in a row then they meet St. Louis four games to two then in the conference finals they just cruise through Edmonton four games to one absolute shellacking they make it to the Stanley Cup versus the Penguins actually get up two games to one 
And then the wheels kind of fall off. They eventually lose game six in front of the old Met crowd, eight to zero. But still, an improbable playoff run that nobody saw coming. You had names like Neil Broughton, Brian Bellows, Brian Prop, Dave Gagner put up a combined 101 points in the playoffs alone. In just 23 games, 101 points with just those four guys alone. Absolute, just a switch, just flip for this team come playoff time that nobody expected. You got head coach Bob Gadney right in the ship. Captain was Kurt Giles. This team was 30-1 to to win the Cup before, so not quite 10,000 like the Wild were in 2 but 30-1 to to win the Cup before the season started. And honestly, Sam, those odds were probably even worse by the middle of the season. That's just how below average they were. They really did nothing special during the regular season. And maybe the craziest part about that year, if you remember, was the offseason prior, just months before the season started. They go through that ownership change, and the next year would be their final season in Minnesota before moving to Dallas eventually. So it was kind of one last epic, memorable hockey run in Minnesota that really took off again once they backed into the playoffs like they did. This was kind of like the Giants with Eli Manning in 2008. Coming in as the sixth seed, you just back mm-hmm. it in, and you just all of a sudden get red hot at the end, make it to the Super Bowl. Obviously, they went on to beat the Patriots, who were 18-0, but Minnesota version of that. Can you imagine if the North Stars had won the uh, the Stanley Cup and then the Twins had won the World Series? No. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Are you kidding Crazy. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it's almost. And can you imagine, to... Sam, if you parlayed both those together? Oh, man. What kind of odds talk, we'd be looking talk at? About, yeah, talk about a payday. I wonder, though, if uh, if they win the Stanley Cup, I wonder if that team is less likely to move or if that move was going to happen regardless. Great question. We'll never Great know. Question. You, you got to think it was 98% in the bag, but the only sliver of hope was all right. I mean, maybe if they win the Cup, mm-hmm. things would change. But obviously, we'll never know. Yeah. Um, Before I give you my number three and we get into our top two, just a reminder that you got to make a fast break to FanDuel during these NBA finals. No sweat first bet. Now up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win for new customers. They've got great promotions in addition to that all the time on FanDuel. It's a safe and secure FanDuel Sportsbook app. And when you win, you get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet the playoff action, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals than America's number one sports book or FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on for that no sweat first bet up to $2,500 back in bonus bets. It's FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Number three for me, the 1987 Minnesota Vikings. Yes, the team that made the NFC Championship game that did not have a stellar regular season. And that's in part because there were replacement players early in the season. Yes, the Vikings were not uh, using their normal players. There was a a work stoppage issue, basically. And the Vikings started 2-3 and that year. They didn't really have a settled quarterback. They used Tony Adams and Tommy Kramer and Wade Wilson eventually brought them into the playoffs as their quarterback as an eight and seven team. Very ordinary. They had to play on the road as a wild card team at New Orleans. Big win. 44 10 at San Francisco. Big win. 36 24. Imagine Luke. Imagine like some of these kind of recent Vikings teams going on the road in the playoffs and winning that big, uh, how 
crazed this fan base would get over a team like that. They go to Washington in the NFC Championship game, and the Darren Nelson drop at the goal line, Mm. uh, which could have extended the game. That occurs. They lose 17-10, and it caps a uh, otherwise pretty remarkable Minnesota Vikings run, and they wouldn't be back in that game until 1998. So, again, another missed opportunity for Minnesota, but an unexpected opportunity uh, that they put themselves in. Unbelievable. Great shout out. I'm going to jump into number two because in my opinion, these next two here, the gap in difference between these next two on my list versus everything else on the list, it's so vast. It's kind of pretty incredible to think about how improbable these next two were. Number two on my list, the 87 Twins. This team second to dead last in the entire American League the year prior, 71 and 91 record, third worst team in baseball, right? So that's like, just for example, the Arizona Cardinals in football, who picked third this year, winning the Super Bowl next year. Think about that. They hadn't had a winning record in eight years leading up to that point. So they go into the 87 season, heads hanging low. No one's expecting a thing for them. The bar is set so low now after so many losing seasons that honestly probably just a 500 record would be like shattering all expectations. And even when they ended up winning uh, the American League, they only did it with 85 games. And that ended up being the lowest winning percentage by a World Series team ever in the history of baseball. So even though they won the American League, nobody even thought it, even at that point, they were like dominant, right? Or a for sure team that were going to be the favorites in the World Series or even the playoffs in general. In fact, they were the first team to ever win the World Series despite being outscored by their opponents during the regular season. But the one thing they always had going for them, Sam, That home field advantage, playing in the Dome at that time for whatever reason, such a huge advantage. They wound up winning an MLB best 56 home games that year. They win the ALCS four games to one versus the Tigers. Gary Gaetti, the MVP of that series. They win all four home games versus the Cardinals in the World Series. Outscore St. Louis 29 to 10. Frank Viola wins the World Series MVP. And Tom Kelly. Head coach brings the state of Minnesota their first championship in baseball since the team moved from Washington in 61. The Twins, not quite as high as 100 to 1 with the Wild in 02, but the Twins were as high as 60 to 1 to win the whole thing. Ended up putting on just a kind of a masterclass in baseball, thanks in part to that home field advantage. Man, that Metrodome, thinking back, reading all this stuff again this morning, so fun. I mean, as as much as we make fun of it for, right? The home mm. field advantage, Sam, was just priceless, wasn't it? Winning eight World Series games there between 87 and 91, yeah. 8-0 and record. That's crazy to think about. 8-0, and that's crazy. The, the and, memories there are crazy, yeah. Yeah, and fun fact, too, I did a little research. The offseason prior, late November, after the season just concluded, they traded for a young kid. Maybe you already knew this. They traded for a young kid named Ron Gardenhier, who later obviously coached the team 13 magical years. But even though he didn't have a huge part in the World Series on the field, maybe it was the Ron Gardner hire effect. This acquisition that set maybe a little butterfly effect helped the Minnesota Twins organization get back on track ever since. Kind of funny. Didn't know that. That's awesome. Uh, That's my number two as well. The 87 Twins. And I like when you go first because then you say all the stuff and I just get to kind of piggyback off of you. Um, you know, Brandon Warren, big analytics guy, locked on twins. 
likes to talk about Pythagorean win-loss, like expected win-loss, basically. To the Twins' expected win-loss that year was 79 and 83. So they even overachieved to win 85 games. We like to make fun of the AL Central for being a bad division. How about the, the AL West that year? Mm. The Twins, it's not, it wasn't a five-team division. It was a seven-team division that the Twins had to beat out. They beat out the Royals, the A's, the Mariners, the White Sox, the California Angels, and the Texas Rangers to win that division. And uh, you, you hit on the rest. And, Luke, you know, when you only have to win two series – it's a little easier to win the World Series. Like, Huge. imagine if, you know, the, the Minnesota Wild, they won two series, but they still had two more to go. The Twins only needed to get hot for a very short amount of time, and they did. They delivered the city its first major championship. So, big time underdog story, number two, which leads us to number one, Luke Inman. What do you got? You know, this one is so crazy because it's not only the biggest Cinderella story and magical season in Minnesota sports history, but the team they were playing, the Atlanta Braves, were also experiencing arguably their biggest Cinderella season of all time, too. So this was like, and it's the 1991 Twins, if you haven't guessed it already, this was like the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns faced off in the Super Bowl like 10 years ago. Think about that when they were both atrocious for so long. Almost unheard of and impossible, really. There's just no way it could happen, but it did. Twins were dead last in the division the year prior, so 1990, only won 74 games. They go into that season, again, incredible long shot odds. Once again, 60-1. to They end up winning 95 games this time. They made some big moves that year, too, that offseason. Traded for Chili Davis and Jack Morris and Kevin Tappany. Chuck Knobloch ended up winning the Rookie of the Year that year. We all kind of know the rest. Kirby hits the walk-off winner in the 11th in Game 6. We get the famous iconic, we'll see you tomorrow night call from Jack Buck. Game 7. Absolute pitching duel of a lifetime. You got young John Smoltz versus Jack Morris. Goes 10 innings, which is absolutely unheard of in today's day and age. 10 innings. Refuse to come out of the game. They end up winning one nothing. Twins win another improbable World Series. Second time in five years. Tom Kelly does it again. Metrodome goes crazy. And for that, I mean, for me and my money, it's got to be the most magical Cinderella season in any Minnesota sports history. It's so good, and for whatever reason, Luke, I didn't even consider it. Like I, I obviously knew about it, and I thought, okay, where are all, what are all the championship teams? And I guess maybe I thought, well, that team was so good, you know, that it wasn't like right. there's the run based on the season they. That's had. how we think of it now when we look back, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right, worst to first. Um, even though they had a lot of the same pieces that won that 87 World Series, it wasn't all easy for them in the years in between. Uh, for, so for them to bounce back and uh, and get back to that spot, yes. Definitely. And playing the Braves, too. Like, mm-hmm. Lions versus Brown. Like, one is enough. Both of them? Unheard of. Just crazy. Yeah. Um, so I actually went with 91 North Stars, which nice. you've already laid that one out. Mm-hmm. The record atrocious that's terrible 27 39 and 14 <laughs> 68 points um allow me to tap dance here but i would guess that 68 points in today's nhl probably puts you in like the lottery so this year the canadians had 68 the blackhawks they tanked they had 59 blue jackets 59 ducks 58 so that would have been one of the five worst teams in hockey Jeez. um 
and you know, league is smaller mm-hmm. and maybe there's just a little more volatility at that point in the NHL, you know, 30 plus years ago. Not as much here, scoring at that time yet either, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Offense hadn't really opened up. You get a hot goaltender. Well, mm-hmm. that, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Captain Kurt Giles is still the Edina boys hockey coach, Kurt Giles. Uh, Very cool. Competing in state tournaments every year. But that was just a team that came out of nowhere. And, and Luke doesn't get a lot of buzz. Like, I think I stumbled upon... When I was like 13 or 14, I think I stumbled upon like an old Wikipedia page and, and realized, wait, what? The North Stars were in the, right. the Stanley Cup in 91? Just And maybe it's because the franchise is gone. People don't talk about that franchise because its history kind of followed it to Dallas. Now we, we, you know, we're we wild fans now. We kind of go back to 2000 and that's where it all started. So uh, a, a forgotten run made by a very unlikely team that I think is the greatest in Minnesota sports history. And it's a shame they couldn't finish the deal and, and force a game seven against the Penguins. But yeah, I'm going to go hockey. I'm going to go with the defunct Minnesota North Stars. At the one. old Met, too. And I think they were trying to work out a deal just at the last second with the Wolves. Maybe the Wolves and the North Stars were going to play at the old Met. But yeah, it's certainly a, a pivotal time in Minnesota sports history that a lot of things changed shortly thereafter. But yeah, can't go wrong with that one at number one either. So good pick. Yeah, and I'm glad the fans got to celebrate a World Series about four months later. Yeah, right. So they didn't right. sting too long. They got overshadowed. That's why we don't talk That's about right. that team. Uh, Luke Inman, great stuff as usual, at Luke underscore Spinman. We'll be back next week with another Minnesota Sports Rank. And it's the show that settles debates and starts new ones. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Find me on the Ron Johnson Show and Minnesota Football Party. And let us know if we forgot anything glaring in the comments section below on YouTube. We're also free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for watching today, and we'll talk to you next time on Minnesota Sports Rank.